calling those things that do not exist. You know why? Because they exist. Do you know that God predetermined your days? God foreknew you. Come on, you know, I'm in the book of Ephesians right now, chapter 1, that you were, all of us were foreordained, we were predestined, and I'm not talking about the doctrine of predestination like some, some religious groups. I'm talking about that you were given a purpose. You were supposed to be on this earth at this time. And everything that Peter says in chapter 2 verse or chapter second uh, Peter chapter 1 verse 2 or 3 that you've been given everything pertaining to life and godliness what does that mean that in that that in time when you were given when you were released from the father to be birthed into the earth Everything that was written of you from heaven came with you inside of you. Can you know the Bible talks about your book in heaven? And what the and what I'm talking about is I'm 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 sharing with you that. Everything that you have ever wanted from God is all is already inside of you. It's just act, it's it's activation that counts. And it's always tied to supernatural power. Because God had a desire and he spoke the earth into existence and the power of the Holy Spirit moved. And the worlds came about. The ages came about. The generations came about. Oh, come on. You think he just created the heavens and the earth. He created everything. Before all that, we were already predetermined inside of God. All of us. And if we were inside of God, if we were in his heart and in his mind before we were born, then everything that you need is already in you. It's just the Holy Spirit needs to show you how to release it. It's true. I want you to see this. Read with me in Genesis 5, verses 21 through 24. And Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah. And he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Now, we get really focused on that Enoch thing. But I want to draw your attention to something that I want to draw your attention to Methuselah. Because Methuselah actually means a man of the dart. And when I think about darts, I think about hitting the mark. When we throw darts, we throw towards the bullseye. We throw, now keep this in mind. But when I broke the word down in the Hebrew, 
Methuselah came into two different words, two different sections. It was, it was um, meth, meaning death, meth meaning death, and selah, meaning to send, to send. So when you put the, those two things together in the Hebrew translation of the word, it means when he is dead, it will be sent. When Methuselah dies, it will be sent. Now, Enoch was told by God to name his son Methuselah. And what, you're, what, you're, what I'm getting at is there was a prophecy in this. There was a prophetic word given in the name of Methuselah. And so it means when he's dead, it's going to be sent. What's going to be sent? The flood. Judgment. Did you know that according to the Jewish calendar, Methuselah died one week before God sent the flood? When Methuselah dies, the flood will come. Now, I'm talking to you about purpose and destiny because what God did for Enoch is to talk to his son, Methuselah, and to tell Methuselah that you're the life I have named you from a prophetic a word. Let me go that way. A prophetic word. Yes, you are a man of the dart. So are you connecting the dots right now? That God was bullseyeing down time, 969 years, I believe it was, bullseyeing down time so that when Methuselah died, the judgment would come as God spoke it to his father, Enoch. My question is you my question here to everyone in this room what purpose do you carry inside of you what destiny are you carrying inside of you and the encouragement here is for you to grab those prophetic words off the shelf not, I mean, I'm talking about the ones that you know are you. That one's me, but I'm not so sure about that one. Leave that one alone. Go grab the me and pull it off and start speaking to those things that don't exist right now. Because those prophetic words, those prophets that prophesied to me, has prophesied, let me just give you an example. Seven years before I married my wife, Eileen Fisher said I would, I would marry again. I would marry an intercessor. I would marry somebody that, was, that would, that would uh, pray for me. And you were going to have another child. And that child is going to be raised up as a prophet, a prophetess. A prophet is what she said. And that she will hold the schools of the prophets. She's going to be that prophetic. 
Now, my daughter has been seeing angels for years, for years. So everything that's going on right now is just an illusion. It's not real. What's real is what God said about her. So I am in alignment with the Father. I just have to go through the time. Oh, come on. I'm talking to you about time tonight. A lot of us have grown weary about prophet. I'm too old. I don't ever think that word's going to come about. You know, when, uh, when, when Robert Morris spoke a prophetic word to Keith 20-some years ago, or whenever, 15 years ago, or whatever it was, he never thought he'd be at a small church where he gets to exercise that now. But he's still not done. There's time to get, and then there's time to finish. Oh, come on. There's time when you step in, and then there's time to finish the work. The Bible says in Acts 13, verse 36, that David, King David, fulfilled God's purpose in his generation. It's true. Look it up. I did. I looked it up today. There is a purpose inside of you. And unless you start talking about it, Wes, it's not going, you're not going to align your mind and heart to ever see it come to pass. My point is this. If we don't get in agreement with God, how is it going to actually happen? It's not on God's end. It's on our end. It's already done on his end. He's waiting for us. Revival's already here. I just don't see it yet. Methuselah, death and to, to send. And then when you start talking about, when you, read, when you read the Bible, the first few chapters of the Bible, you, you, you see how God is bringing this when he starts to say, my spirit is not going to be with man, but 120 years. So he reduced the life expectancy of man in time. He already knew he was going to do that. My point is this. We are coming in. I'm standing in the San Francisco airport waiting to come home. And I'm, I'm used to feeling territorial stuff and all the junk that's going on in the world. And sometimes I can get around people and go, oh, man, you know, you need to get born again, even though you're saved. Um, you get it? Born again. A renewal. But my point is, is. I'm standing there, and I'm about as spiritual as a checkout line waiting to go through security. Baggage, you know, your security. We have to almost strip naked. And um, all of a sudden, the power of God falls on me. And I could feel in the spirit. And I knew in my heart. I knew it in my spirit. It wasn't the voice. It wasn't the movie. It wasn't, it wasn't a vision. It was in, it's like my spirit absorbed something. 
And it was about, this is what's coming fairly soon. Everything is going to be about security, checking in. Everybody's going to have to go through this. this uh, I'm talking to you and preparing you. That, and, and I felt like, hey, we, some of this stuff can actually start to come to pass in the next few years. Meaning that we are going to have to show ID and we're going to have to go through all these different hoops. I could feel the spirit of end times. I'm not going to talk about end times because that's not what God was wanting me to do. But there is a reality about talking about that, but pointing everybody back to what really matters, the relationship with Christ. You know, I get into end time doctrine and stuff, and you could get lost in that stuff. And that's really, he, God always just wants us to be aware of the time and the season that we live in. I could feel the spirit of the age. I could feel it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is, I'm going to see this. I'm going to see a, a measure, at least a measure. Just like I never thought I would ever, when I had the dream, when I asked the Lord to give me a dream about the end of the world, I never dreamed that, I, I never thought I would see defunding of the police. I never thought I'd see that. But I saw that the police were reduced to a security force. It's coming. There's anarchy in the earth. It's coming. It's only those that know how to walk through a mob that are going to be surviving. Because you know, you have inside of you, it's nothing to fear. You have inside of you a number of days if we live wisely if we live wisely let's look at Hebrews 11 and 5 by faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death and he was not found because God took him up. <clears throat> I want to make a point here. You can get so deep in the spirit that you lose time. You know that, right? You lose time. So Martha was telling me I was, she was doing some praise and worship and just not, a lot, not too long ago and just time just zipped by. Before she knew it, hours had gone by, she said. Two hours or something like that. I've lost, a, I've lost days at a time by soaking. Now, I can't do that now that I'm married and all that. But when I was single, sometimes I'd come out of trances and it was almost time for me to shower and go to work. Because I had gone, I had gone home on Friday night and did not realize that I had spent Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday all in a vision, all out of time. In my, I was cognitive there, but I had thought I was just in the evening time. This is Enoch, that he walked with God. He didn't finish, the Bible says he didn't finish his life, but he got so close to God that he had to go. 
He didn't fit anymore. What I'm actually talking to you about, the closer that you get to your purpose and destiny in Christ, the greater the glories that are going to be surrounding you. That's what I'm talking to you about today. We are in a time that I have never, in 20 years, I have not seen a culture as bad as ours. It's horrible out there. It's horrible in here. In the church, outside the church. You know, it's just, you continually see that spirit of the Antichrist, that rebellious spirit. And it's time that the church decide, am I going to connect myself to, the perp- to God's purpose in my life and walk out my days so that I can see the glory of God manifested through my life? You can't do it unless you speak those things into existence. You can't do it. A lot of times we like to put those prophecies on the shelf. We pray and we pray and we pray and we don't see something. And we don't. But you know that prophecy was yours. I couldn't deny what I got. I was shaking like this. And that woman was talking, and I was shaking. I'm like, who is this lady? I couldn't hear a thing at Lynn Scarborough's house. I could not hear a thing. I'm glad she taped the thing. But my point, my point is when God, when God is directing you, you know what she told me? She told me in that prophecy that God was going to share with me the secrets to the kingdom of darkness. And look what I'm doing. That was 2000. It was 1999 when she spoke to me. And here we are, 2022. Almost, almost to the, we're in the same month. It was at the end of January when she did that. Seven years and I was married to Lee. A couple years later, Hannah's here. So Enoch walked so, so close to God that God took him up for he obtained the witness, the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing God. He walked so close to God that he was a witness to all those around him in such a way that God took him. (laughs) It's going to happen, church. There are believers on earth today that actually hunger for the presence of God. And that's why, as I was really seeking the face of God, I felt like the first Friday, at least for a while, That second Friday of every month needs to be nothing but prayer, soaking, worship, fire, just 
filling the believer up. Just filling the believer up. So he walked so close to God that he obtains a witness before he was taken. And then it goes on to say, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, you cannot connect to your prophetic words. You cannot connect to your purpose. It, it won't happen. If you're going through tough times right now, join the crowd. But connect. Connect with the eternal one. Connect to eternity and everything will work out. That's what Enoch did. He connected with God in such a way that God spoke to Enoch and said, this is what's going to happen. You're going to name your son Methuselah, and after his, after his time on earth, I'm going to judge the earth. So what is God speaking to you about? What has he spoken to you about? What is your destiny in Christ? What are the mountains you're facing? See, a mountain is meant to be moved. Mountains are meant to be moved. Now, I'm not exactly sure how all this is going to play out, but for some reason, my daughter was, came down with this rare, rare autoimmune disease that there's no cure for, but then there's Jesus. And then there's the prophetic word. And I continually remind God, remember the pro in that hospital when the, when the doctors kept telling me she wasn't going to make it. But God, you said, and I have faith. What was I doing? I was calling Hannah's destiny and reminding the father what he said. Because I have to connect to the truth. I cannot connect to the lie. Because if I connect to the lie, the truth no longer exists. What's God told you? Are you guys getting anything? He goes on to say, it's impossible to please God. For who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. That's the deal. Your reward in heaven is connected to your destiny, your purpose. It's true. I have watched Eileen's, Fisher, Eileen's Fisher's prophetic word manifest in my life. All because I did one thing. I pursued the spirit of the Lord. That was my main purpose. All the other stuff is just stuff. But if anybody has ever known me, I've been always, number one, about the presence of God. Always. That's been my life forever. That's how I got saved. That's how I received the baptism. I was touched immediately by fire. Eternity showed up in my living room. Showed up so strong that I was scared. And my brother, I called my brother because he was a Christian at the time. He goes... Well, what book did you read? I said, well, there's this guy named Benny Hinn. He started laughing and hung up. I'm going, thanks. 
things. But my point is, inside that visitation, there was power that came to me that ignited a purpose and, de a purpose and a destiny. Now, I want you to think right now. Start thinking about where you're supposed to be in the next five or ten years. You should know. You should know. Maybe if you're a baby Christian, you might not know. But if you've been in the body of Christ long enough, you should know what God wants out of you. And you have to serve for the purpose of God to obtain a witness. Oh, come on. I'm getting into the hard part of the message. Because it costs, it's going to take surrender. You're going to have to give yourself to it. You, don't, you, can't, you can't look at empty chairs. You can't look at the bank account. You can't look at what, what you want. It's not what you want. It's what the Father wants. That's the goal. Now, here's the problem with prophecy. It wants to pull you out of time before the prophecy is ready to manifest. It, what you want, you want to step out of time, out of the season you're in, and into a season that you're not prepared for. Prophecy is excellent. It's needed. It gives encouragement and edification and builds up the church builds up the believer that's what I mean the church the believer but there is a time for that word to go to work that's what I'm talking about when David was out watching sheep and killing bears and lions Samuel was going to his brothers no no, no. And David's out there just strumming a harp. Not understanding that time had almost, was almost ready for him. He was ready to be activated. Oh. Some of you need to be activated. Some of you have already, you've already, you haven't handed the baton to the Holy Spirit. You're still running that little extra before you. That out before you run out of bounds, you know, in a, in a relay race. You're still holding the baton. And you're going to have to hand it over to the Holy Spirit. Right? It's time. Time. Start reading the word. Start seeking how to prophesy. And start to stand up and own it. Yeah, you. That's what I'm saying. I'm almost done. Are you, guys, are you guys okay with this? This is what I believe God wants for us right now. This is the time. It's now. The spirit of the world is closing in on this place. This place, the spirit of the world, I felt it. I've never felt anything like that before, ever. Yeah, I'm still shocked at it. It's almost like it just happened a minute ago. It's almost like I... It just came in me. I could, I could feel the, the security checks and the national ID and all the different things that is being floated out there. All to bring about a system. 
Verse 7. So God wants to reward you for walking with him by faith. Your reward is found in your purpose, in your destiny. Not in your gifts, not in your talents. Those things, those are tools to help move your destiny forward. By faith, Noah being warned by God. Now here it is. Being warned by God. And what was, um, what was it, like 120 years it took him to build the ark? Something, something of that, I don't, I, I don't remember the exact number, but that's what's coming to me. Years. He was warned by God. His destiny, his actual, his actual destiny, not, not his purpose, his destiny was built into obedience to that word. It saved his life. So that he could fulfill a purpose. You know, some people give him a hard time, but I'm telling you, God already knew all that stuff was going to happen after, after the flood. But a lot, of the, a lot of the Hebrew scholars say that all the writings of um, Enoch and all these things were put in that ark and preserved through the flood. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just telling you what they, t- what they say. But some, it had to go through. Everything was destroyed. Everything. So Noah saved his life by following what God had spoken to him. Right, Nikki? Are you following what... This, I mean, the reason I'm, I'm after you right now is because you're highlighted. <laughs> See, all this other stuff, so I'm going to kind of mess with you a little bit. All this other stuff has been nothing but a detour. You can have it, <laughs> but you have to stay on the straight and narrow. You have to stay on the, on the road of purpose, the road of destiny. Almost done. Get ready. This is coming at you in a series. Maybe nobody will be here next week. But there's a time where activations have to take place, and you have to know what you're being activated for. And so tonight, I'm going to ask you at the end of this service, if you feel like this is your window right now, and you haven't stepped in to this, I'm, we're going to ask God to activate you. That's what happened to David. Oil, boom. Time started. What? All the preparation, all the preparation, and then what happened to David? He had to go through the torture of Saul. But he was anointed. He was destined to be king. I am going to anoint the next king of Israel because I'm going to look for a man after my own heart. And what happened to him? He got tortured by Saul. But destiny was down inside of him. Purpose. See, that's what causes you. Destiny should cause you to move through purpose. 
I purposely move this way because this is my destiny. And he says, in reverence, Noah prepared the ark for the salvation of his household. You're going to save many by following your destiny. You will save many. Not only will you save your house, but you'll save your sphere of influence. Oh, come on, church. It's too quiet in here. If I was sitting there, I'd be kicking a chair over or something, going, hallelujah. Shanda baba hasata. Can you feel it? Now, this was floating around in me, and I don't know if, if it was when I felt that thing in, in San Francisco or not that actually moved me over. But I am going to leave this building, and I am going <laughs> to drive to Fort Worth, and I am going to lay my hands on Hannah when I get there, and I am going to tell her, you will be healed. You will be a prophetess. You will have the school of the prophets. God said he cannot lie. All this other stuff is just stuff. It's Saul. In reverence, he prepared the ark for salvation of his house, by which, he, by which he condemned the world. He was part of the judgment of God by following his destiny. Don't you think the end time church is going to condemn this world? You know they are. You know we are. It's going to happen. But you're either all in or you're not. That's the story. That has always been the biblical story. I lay my, I put myself on the altar. We sang about it today. As a holy sacrifice. That means your flesh has got to go. And your destiny must take place. By which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. An heir of righteousness. <clears throat> Did you guys get anything? Do you understand that you are an heir? And that you're here for a reason. Now, whether the guy made a mistake and had to go a little shorter with John, I'm not sure. However, but he's here. Every, all of you are here tonight because you felt like you needed to be here. And now I'm asking you to get your mind right. I'm asking you to lock horns with purpose and destiny. And to no longer be wish-washy. No longer allow time to stop you. Stop thinking about time. Think about the purpose where you are today. Wes, what are you having to go through right now that is going to lock horns so that your household can be saved? You got to think about that. 
You got to think about that because if that's what God told Wes, God cannot lie. I got to get my mind around that or he should. You see what I'm talking about, guys? That's what I'm talking about. That's why Abraham could be called the father of faith. Because he locked destiny. And he said, even when the impossible, my body is completely dead, I lock horns with destiny. I come into destiny. And when it is time, when I know that I can no longer give anybody credit but God, boop, there comes it. You may be thinking, well, where am I? What am I doing? I've got this going on right here, and I'm not sure how to handle that situation. And what am I doing in this part of the world or whatever? Is it time or is it destiny? It's the question. And if it's destiny, then time must have its time. Amen. Let's stand. You know what's scary? This is what's scary. The Bible says that Jesus is the, is the exact representation of God and his likeness. He is the very image and likeness of God. And then the Bible turns around and tells us that we are the body of Christ. That we are that city set on a hill. We are the light of the world now. We are that light. And that image, the reason God started to redeem man, the main reason why, I'm telling you, the main reason why God saved us is not because of love. That's number two. It was all about his image. I'm going to restore me in the earth. I'm going to have a people speak for me. I'm going to have a people that follow me. They're going to look like me. They're going to pursue me. They're, they're going to, they're going to have my, my nature. They're going to have all these different things inside of me. And in when they, when they discover that, they're going to discover the love of God. Oh, church, come on. Inside him, the Bible says God is love. So the more I look like him, the more I'll love. You see? So my question to you, are you in a season that you know destiny is pulling on you or is destiny already pulling on you and you're walking it out in time? So the question is, if you need destiny, tonight's your night. Because I can't pray for time. Because time belongs to God. But I can pray for destiny. How can I pray for destiny? Well, the prophets, they anoint with oil and lay hands and transference of the gifts and all kinds of things happen through prayer. Destiny touches through prayer. It's true. It's true. All this travailing intercession down here and all this moaning and groaning, people go, ooh, all 
calls them intercessors are worried about his destiny. Destiny, destiny. I'm not worried about time. All right. If you want me to pray for you, please come down here. If not.